coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, Alpha Dumps Mo Brooks. Also, the V-Team takes a look at gun deaths in the state. And state auditor Jim Ziegler writes a book. Crayons not included. This is a thousand monkeys working at a thousand typewriters. Soon, they'll have written the greatest novel known to man. Let's see. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. You stupid monkey. <laughs> you shut up. Ah, that's the ghostwriting team. Way to go, Ziggy. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and I'm joined today by Beth Clayton, Democratic strategist, attorney at law, and all around one of my favorite people. Oh, thanks, Bill. Yeah, Susan Britt, the editor of, uh, associate editor of APR, mm -hmm. associate producer of this show, and also the love of my life. Thank you. It's Bill. a holiday season. Can't we say that? That's uh, right. You always say yeah, that about your yeah, wife, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> and Jonathan Barbie, Constable Jonathan Barbie, uh, Republican stalwart, and uh, one of the great guys. Well, and thank you. producer of the show. Yeah, and producer of this show. Thank you. So uh, the holidays are on us. You know, Thanksgiving is past. We're heading into Christmas, and it <laughs> dun, is. Dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My tree's already up. So. Uh, to me, as they say, this is the hap happiest time of the year. It's the hap haphazardous sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I love I love the holiday season. I love Christmas. I I love Thanksgiving, and and I tolerate New Year. Uh, but uh, one of the things, Beth, that has come up. Uh, you know, we always think it's a slow news week, but not necessarily. Lead Academy in Montgomery, mm -hmm. big big uh, charter school headed by the newly elected uh, representative from this area, Charlotte Meadows. Gross. Fraud, fraud. Uh, <laughs> what? They, uh, Judge Jimmy Poole uh, ruled this past week that Nicole Ivey, who was the former, pres uh, the former uh, uh, principal. principal of that school, she, she said she, there was wrongful termination. She lost her insurance. She lost her salary and all that. Judge Poole this week said that until the final hearing was completed that the school had to pay her salary, reinstitute her insurance. Right. Now, and I, full disclosure, Judge Poole is, I think, an amazing jurist. He's also a good friend of mine. Um, but I trust him to look at these issues and look at the merits. And what he did when he granted this injunction, one of the ways, one of the things you have to prove when you grant an injunction or when you ask for an injunction is that you have a high likelihood of succeeding on the merits. So I think the fact that Judge Poole is able to look at this and in good faith say, yeah, she needs to get back to work until this is decided means that there's something on Miss Ivy Price's side when it comes to this case. So Susan, Miss Ivy Price 
alleges that the reason she was fired is because she reported Lead Academy and, and the shenanigans over there, according to her, to the Alabama Board of Education. And so this was retaliation for her disclosing some of the wrongdoings over there. Now, eight teachers have resigned, citing various uh, allegations of wrongdoing over there. They have, and one of the allegations is that after all the teachers arrived for this school year, Ms. Meadows wanted to go and redo their contracts where they ended up getting paid less. They ended up having to work more hours with no comp time involved. Uh, that's one of the big ones that stood out with me, and I think that's something that should have been reported. Well, I think one of the most egregious things that I saw, Jonathan, one, that that some of the teachers or Ms. Ivy Price accused them of endangering children by overcrowding, but they also discourage children with uh, physical uh, 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 disabilities from coming to the school. If that is true, that's unconscionable, yeah. truly. You know, I have a sister with disabilities, and uh, I don't take that lightly. And for all of these teachers to come forward and, and say things like this, I mean, first of all, teachers are the most underpaid profession we have, and that comes from my mom's a teacher, my wife was a teacher. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, obviously, this is something that I hope they really delve into and they really find some answers to. Yeah. Well, we want charter schools in the state, uh, but what yeah, we yeah. don't want is bad charter schools. Some people want exactly. charter schools. Exactly. What they don't want is bad charter schools. Well, Beth, you got to love this. Jim Ziegler, our favorite auditor, Who's favorite? Well, somebody's favorite, I'm sure. <laughs> Has written a book about his ventures ag fighting against what he calls trollsters. Tollsters. Tollsters. Yeah, fighting the, the toll the never Trumpers or never Zieglers? Never Zieglers. Yeah. He's fighting against them, too. Mm -hmm. And never Zieglers are people who don't accept his plans. The reason they don't accept Ziegler's plans Cause is because they're stupid. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, but look at that face, man. That's like, bless really his heart. I feel like he might need a charter school. Um, <laughs> I, just, I mean, Billy, you know, we were talking pre-show, and you're like, I don't know if it comes with crayons or not. Right. Like, no, they're the sold separately. Yeah, sold they're sold separately. Yeah. Just insanity on this. I just can't believe that he can write, much less that he can author a full novel. Of what, what's this book called again? It's called uh, Blocking the I-10 Toll Scheme, A Successful Citizens Movement. It's mainly a work of fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a parade involved and a bunch of, you know. He does. There's a Mardi Gras-type parade celebrating his Him? big victory yeah, his and all victory. this stuff. Never happened. Well, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I am not sure. I don't live in Mobile, but I will say this. When, when Big Jim Ziegler uh, does it, he does it big. <laughs> bless oh, his heart. Yeah, bless his heart. Bless his heart. Well, one of the things I really like, Susan, of course, is that he, he compares himself to having basically grown up in Mayberry. And so I went back and tried to see if there were any Mayberry characters that Jim Ziegler might appear to be like. I, I think we're, we're on the wrong show. We're on the show. wrong show, absolutely, because I think it's more like Mr. Haney from Green Acres. <laughs> Mr. Haney! Mr. Haney! <laughs> Y'all. Mr. Haney was a con man but, and a salesman. <laughs> yes, and also, can we point out this man is the state auditor. Like, his right. job yeah, is yeah, to make seriously. sure things are happening above board. Right. And, I mean, I just, the whole, well, it's... The thing is, he spends more time doing things that are not required in his job than he does his job. You go to his Facebook page, and you go through 50 of his posts, and maybe one is where someone's passed an audit. Every All his other posts, his official auditor Facebook page. You know, if we're not careful, and I'm just going to say this, and, uh, you know, Jim, I've, I've known him for a while, but if he's not careful... 
the legislature is going to have enough of him and that office, and they're going to abolish it. And that, I mean, and that's while. where we're headed. And honestly, it's a good office we need it in this state because I know a lot of people that work for the government, and things end up missing, whether it be a coffee mug or a laptop. Well, well, I watched couches get smuggled back into the state house. Well, in the we're going to have <laughs> we're, we're going to have to leave it right there. If you'd like to buy Ziegler's book, it's twenty two dollars and twenty two cents. Because since he had to surrender his law license, he's not making as much money. Yikes. Anyway, you're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. When we come back, we're going to look at gun deaths in the state. Hey, I'm Jamie Johnson. When we reach the age of 18, voting becomes our civic duty. But what if it was our job? We wouldn't be so quick to call in sick or go back home if the lines were too long or just dismiss the idea altogether. Elections are also how we collectively write the song that tells our story, and voting is our solitary voice. So register to vote and go get your government-issued photo ID and add your voice to the song of Alabama. What a great opportunity for your success. Adding half a million highly skilled employees to our workforce by 2025 is how we stay ahead in Alabama. Our economy is stronger than it's been in years, and a skilled workforce is more important than ever. Things move fast, so choose your path. Your success is waiting, plus a great future for Alabama. Success plus. Go for it. Hey man, what are you doing today? Um, playing the game. Thought I'd go out for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a head on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Jonathan, uh, I dare say you own firearms. I do. Susan does. Uh, so does Beth. Don't know about yeah. Beth. Beth may not. Of course Beth owns a firearm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, actually, it's not in my possession because my permit expired. Okay. So, so anyway, uh, but we were looking, we did a report last week that shows that Alabama has the third highest death by firearms in the nation. And it's really shocking when you break this down. I mean, we are we have a gun culture here. Mm -hmm. uh, so most people know how to handle firearms. A lot of them do not, but most do. But the shocking thing for me in general was that, that on average, uh, around 550 people somewhere in that neighborhood self-murder every year. They commit suicide using a handgun or some type of firearm. Well, what's sad to me, Bill, you know, 527 people kill themselves with a, with a gun. That is, that is less of a gun problem and more of a mental health problem. And we have talked about on this show dozens of times the mental health situation in our state, um, which goes all the way from 
uh, you know, our schools up to our prisons. Mm -hmm. And we have got to do more about educating people, helping people, um, seeing the signs of depression, uh, and not being afraid to say something to someone, you know, in that situation, you know, even if we know they own firearms, saying something, yeah. you know, and I, and I see some of this, you know, the accidental killings, well, those things happen. And we had talked about it earlier, you know, Beth had, had said 4 million people in the state and there's not that many accidental shootings. It's just I mean, 23 is still like 23 people more than right. should accidentally die by gun. Right. Like, let me be clear. I was like, oh, it's just 23 people. No, 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 I did no. clarify yeah. my point on that. Yeah. But again, in a state that, that that's, that's a fairly low statistic when you think that some, uh, you know, uh, that, that people are taking their lives, that mm -hmm. we also have an, on average around 400 people murdered mm -hmm. every year. And we just I mean, over the last weekend, the sheriff in Lowndes County uh, was murdered. Yep. And then that murder-suicide up in Blunt County, I yep. think it was. That one was horribly sad. So it, it's just, you know, we, I think, and Susan, you, you, you and Beth maybe speak to this, but I think there is some cause and effect here. You know, I mean, uh, people that commit suicide are going to find a way to kill themselves. Mm -hmm. Guns are very convenient. We have a lot of guns, and to be third in gun deaths, I think that is alarming. I think we need to look at that more carefully. Right. Well, we also we talk a lot about, you know, feminists talk about masculinity and things, but let's also discuss the fact that, like, men are more likely to kill themselves with a gun than women are, and men are more likely to engage in violence with a firearm than women are. And a lot of this, I think, comes down to women are more likely to seek mental health services than men are. And so right. statistically, we're looking at the big picture overall trends here. Obviously, you know, each individual person is different. But, you know, a lot of this is going to come down to let's get rid of the stigma around this kind of stuff and let's make it where, especially, you know, think about police, military, people like that who are in traumatic situations they have the stigma about seeking treatment, and there's largely men in those positions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I just want to see everybody be able to get the help they yeah, need. Yeah, and, and, and in that it can affect their promotions. It can affect, you know, mm -hmm. where they move within the police departments or in the military, and that's just, that, that's just, it's terribly wrong. Well, right. and I, for me, it's one of these things, you know, again, if you're going to arm, if you're going to be armed, you need to have gun safety training. You need to know how to operate it. Absolutely. Properly. I mean, I'm very careful <coughs> with my firearms, but I've seen a round show up in my chamber when I know I didn't put it there, but somehow it was there. I but be because I know gun safety, I always assumed that it is, it is ready to fire. Mm -hmm. right. Again, there are people who don't understand that that's, that's part of it. And part of it also is having them put away responsibly so right. that children can't get to them. Because I've been willing to bet 20, some of these 23 accidentals were children, yeah. or oh, all the children. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they had to be. Well, I remember a, a young child visiting our farm one time, and, and he was uh, talking about guns and guns and guns. and uh, So I went in and took him and took mine apart, showed him how to put it together and all that, and then I explained to him that this had one sole purpose. It was to kill another human being. Mm -hmm. He didn't like that. Or apparently wild hogs, according to... But, yeah, but you have high-powered semi-automatics for that. A single-stack Glock 380 is right. designed to kill another human it, being. Fairly mm -hmm. close range. Yes. Yeah. And so, so let's don't kid ourselves. I mean, I know I have a lot of people that own four or five RA-15s that yeah. claim they're for, you know, but yeah. they're for self-protection. Let's they be honest. They're not, yeah, you're right. You know.
And it, uh, we just got to do something to better the gun safety. Yep. Yeah, I don't think yep. it, I don't think it's more controlling the guns because if somebody wants a gun, they're gonna get a gun. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think restricting yeah. it is. And we've got to look at the mental health issues and what is the root cause. Well, and of the this. violent culture that we have too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we've got about a minute and a half, Beth. This is something I think uh, is happening in Birmingham, and mm -hmm. you may hate it and you may love it, but I think it's, I may hate it. Do no, you, know you me? may not. Oh. Hate it, but <laughs> people may love it or hate it, but the the Human Rights Coalition has found that Birmingham is one of the premier cities for LGBT, LGBTQ individuals to live and work, mm -hmm. and, and they're protecting their rights there. They did. They got 100% on the scorecard, one of the first southern Fantastic. cities to get it. And shout out to my dear friend Josh Coleman because he is Mayor Woodfin's LGBTQ liaison, and he has worked tirelessly to get this accomplishment for the city. Good job, Josh. Well, it's, it's interesting to me, and Jonathan, you know, there's, there's plenty of conservatives and, and Democrats that still have a problem uh, with the LGBTQ community, but overall, uh, that there's a city in Alabama that's uh, that's putting their rights, saying they have rights, I think is interesting. Well, I mean, look, let's just let's be frank with it. People have rights. I mean, and you can't um, you can't take it back to the '60s and the 1800s. People have rights. But I think the worry, if you talk to conservatives, is you know. We don't want our city to turn into West Hollywood or something that is just. I don't think Birmingham's going to turn into West Hollywood. <laughs> but, but you know, but that's. I think we're good. But that's the fear that comes out. That's what the first thing that people think is like, oh my gosh, we don't want our city to turn into some crazy place where you can't walk the streets. And I don't think Birmingham will turn into that. But that, but that's but the attitude that comes. We're mostly just trying to make sure you can't get fired for being gay and that kind of right. thing. Is exactly. what we're trying to get, do. You know, yeah. equal health care exactly. and that sort of thing. Yeah. I, that's not going to endanger anybody who's walking down the street. Exactly. Well, <laughs> if somebody hits you with their purse, it could. Right. Well, yeah, hit them with my purse. Noted yeah. threats to everyone. That, <laughs> did I say that? Sorry. <laughs> All right, you're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Mo Brooks has fallen out of favor with Alpha. Whoa. Yep. Energy Institute of Alabama promotes reliable, affordable, and clean energy to help grow our economy, create high-paying jobs, and build public support for Alabama's energy industry. The Energy Institute of Alabama is the best source of energy industry information and how it affects households across the state, from convenient energy production to alternative fuels to solar power and beyond. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seat belts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Hello. I'm William Wyatt Bibb, the first governor of Alabama. On December 14, 1819, Alabama became the 22nd state to enter the Union. This year, we celebrate 200 years of statehood. There is no better way to commemorate our 200th anniversary than by registering to vote and securing your government-issued photo ID. Together, let's make a difference for Alabama.
Now you can always look your best without all those injections, appointments, and costs. Bellafill is the only dermal filler that stimulates and maintains collagen growth long-term. Now time is on your side. Back to the V, the voice of Alabama politics. You know, it is the giving season, and Susan, you know, we, we spend a lot of time, we, you know, those of us who have lived longer know what it's like to, to go from the big holiday seasons to the small ones. But it's always about giving and, and about what we should be thankful for. We also, it's a time to take stock, and I thought it was interesting to take stock about our state a little bit over the last few days. And one of the things we've seen is Kay Ivey has steadied the ship of state. Government right now is relatively calm and stable. Jobs are plentiful. And the state overall seems to be doing well. However, we can always do more. There are some 13,000 veterans and their families that do not have health insurance, uh, our children's health insurance, you know, was heading in the right direction over the last two years. It's been in decline. Some new 11,000 children are without health care. And most shockingly to me is that in m m some of our counties, there are up to 30% of children who do not have enough to eat. Mm -hmm. They don't have a way of getting enough food to eat because their families do not have enough to eat. And, you know, this is a question that's been asked through the years, what then should we do? Now we can argue Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, independent. We can argue about what government's response to that should be. I think what we cannot defend is doing nothing. So having said all that, we got these problems. We need to look at them and address them. Well, and some of them are real, real easy to solve. For one, uh, Medicaid expansion will take care of your veterans and your children without health care. Uh, address, addressing the food insecurity is another issue. We've, we've got some programs in the schools for breakfast and lunch, but we don't have programs for nights and weekends for these children. And having two little ones around all the time that are almost two now, I mean, they eat constantly and they, they need that. There's got to be a way to solve this. There's got to be a way to, you know, put down everything and let's look at our problems. I mean, Jonathan, our, our, most of our lawmakers claim they, 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 you, they say that their Christian faith is their moral center, that guys, some say that they are in the position they have because God put them there. Mm -hmm. If we are to assume those two things are true, then do we not still have a, do we not have a joint responsibility to put that into practice, even if it is state government. I mean, we could do away with the grocery tax tomorrow. Oh, yeah. That would help some folks. Oh, yeah. And I don't think we're looking at folks wanting a handout so much as we're talking about folks who need a leg up or children who have no nobody else to protect them. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of our politicians pander um, no. on both sides. But, you know, there's a lot of pandering going on. It was like I was telling you all earlier. What needs to happen for the next couple of years is all the pandering needs to stop. Let's get some real business done. Let's take care of the people of this state. 
let's make some balanced budgets, make some good decisions, and let's get things done. We don't want the Democrats happy. We don't want the Republicans <clears throat> happy. We want everybody feeling mm -hmm. okay about it. And when that happens, means we're having good government. And, mm -hmm. you know, right. then crank your pandering back up six months out from the election, if that's what you uh, well, want to do. The other or day I was... Just let the work you do speak for itself exactly. and we'll move on. Yeah, well, the other day I told, I told a, uh, a politico that I respect, I said, you know, I pray every day for good government. He said, well, Britt, you ain't praying hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, Beth, I think we need to talk about what we can do instead of what we cannot do. Right. And too often our politicians say we can't. And as my grandma used to say, can't, can't never, never could. Could, could always try. Which I always rolled my eyes and rolled my eyes. Mm -hmm. Well, I think a lot of it too, we just have an issue where people, and y'all know where I stand on all this. Anybody who watches the show knows where I stand on this. But, you know, a lot of people who have never had to feel those tight purse strings dictating to people who have never known otherwise how to live their lives. And so part of this is let's just let people do what they well, need to do for their well, families. Well, my challenge to people, to those who profess Christian faith, is that let's let's stop talking so much about God and act like His Son. That'd be helpful. Wouldn't that wow. be nice? That would be nice. Let's move this over. Mo Brooks, Mo Brooks, Mo Mo. I am just speaking of people who think they're God. <laughs> I mean, Alpha did not endorse Mo Brooks. They endorsed Chris Lewis. When is that happening? I mean, why, how did that happen? John? I mean, that came out of Wait, left no, field. I don't John, think anybody. It, it, expected that to happen when you're looking at a, a current incumbent right. congressman who does pretty well in the polls and who's yeah. somewhat well-liked. I mean, obviously, they're seeing some polling that we're not, or either Chris Lewis must just be a, a dadgum good farmer is all I can figure. I don't know. I, I, but I don't know a whole lot about that race because I don't live up there, but... You know. Well, I mean, Susan, Mo Brooks, we thought he was just the right amount of crazy for Republicans in Alabama. Well, apparently we were, we were wrong. Now, Alpha has made some uh, endorsements lately that were a little odd to most people uh, and didn't endorse some people that everybody assumed they would. Um, but you spoke to this guy the other day, and he seems like a reasonable guy. I mean, he is a uh, he, he graduated from the Naval Academy. He was a pilot. He has wow. a degree in uh, political science and also one in uh, national security and strategic studies. Wow. I talked to this guy, and the first thing we talked about is he said, this for me is about service over self, and I want to, Beth, get that message that whether a Democrat, Republican, independent, or whatever, we need to start looking at politicians who put ser serving the people over self-serving. Right. I mean, and I think it's important to remember whoever wins this primary will be the next congressman from North Alabama. And I mean, I know they call him Mo Ron Brooks up in that district just because he's, I mean, this guy's dense, like bad dense, like, oh gosh, I can't deal with him. I liked in DC either. And right. And I, it sounds like, I mean, obviously I wouldn't be voting for him, but this Chris Lewis guy for what the Republicans have been giving us isn't the bottom of the barrel, at least, so that's helpful. He's intelligent, and that would be a step up. <laughs> and he probably spell intelligent, which is more yeah, than what well, there you go. Do. He did wow. sound very intelligent. We had some sad news last week. Big John Williams, longtime sheriff of Lowndes County, was killed violently. He will be missed.